Hi, I'm Mandy Learn. And I'm Stephanie Keeley. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Work. I wanted to make sure women had every opportunity for advancement, for growth, for personal and professional success, but hopefully didn't have to pull as many arrows out of their backs as I did. And so that is why I started SOAR. It is the legacy, hopefully, that I give to women in the workplace to help them grow and become the leaders that they want to be and that their companies need. Welcome to the Women Who Work podcast, where we discuss the essentials for leading in your life and career, because as women who work, we just cannot separate the two. Thanks for being here with us. Whether you own your own business, are making a big career pivot, or are climbing that corporate ladder, you've got a place in this conversation. And in this episode, we are talking about the benefits of gratitude. Tis the season. It's November. So... Gratitude's a big one on our on our list. Yes. We've also got an interview with Sally Schott, Soar's own founder and CEO. Let's get started. Gratitude. So, like we said, you know, it's it's where we are right now. We're coming up on the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday here in in November. So to get us started, I thought we'd define gratitude for you. It's the quality of being thankful. And here's another part of the definition that I really found to be interesting. The readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. And I never really thought about kindness being a part of the definition, but I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Right to there. Sh- kindness, to show kindness, because that's what it really yeah. is. Yeah. So the readiness to show appreciation for, I really see that part of the definition coming out when we think about this from a professional setting. And we're going to dive into that a bit more um, in our conversation and also in, in our conversation with Sally um, later in the show. But of course, you know, when I hear gratitude now, it's it's become, you know, real popular term. <laughs> and mainly, you know, a big driver of that, um, Mandy Oprah yes. br- brought gratitude to the stage for us. Literally, I think she was the first one that talked about having and making a daily habit of writing in a gratitude journal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure and that then- was her. I, I think so. I think it was. And started kind of it it dipped our toes into this this concept um mm-hmm. in a more um more than just pop culture way, you know, like it really brought it in into our homes and started saying, okay, well, let's talk about gratitude. And then more recently, Brene Brown, um, mm-hmm. you know, queen of the research around gratitude, vulnerability, um, shame, all of those <laughs> big, big emotional intelligence topics. But in her research, she found that the most effective way to cultivate joy in your life is to practice gratitude. And it was some really compelling research around that. Um, but the key here with what she found is that it's not just a state of being that you have to practice it. It is about behavior. So it's not just Mm. feeling grateful, 
but it's about developing an observable practice. This is where the link from gratitude is to joy. The benefit of practicing gratitude is joy. Um, so I think I think that's really interesting, and it it also is reason to develop those practices, put in those put those habits in place. Now, in our in our conversation here on this podcast, when we think about gratitude, we really we all split it down into two big themes: personal and professional. Um, you know, work and life. So, Mandy, talk with us a bit about the pers- the personal perspective of gratitude. When we're conceptualizing today's podcast and talking about it, when I think of gratitude, I I now immediately go back to the pandemic, right? So put yourself, you know, it's mid-March 2020, right? Like it is, we are stuck at home, we're working from home, maybe some of us are teaching our kids and we're... We, we think the world is going to end. Everybody's going to get sick. And so we're just there. We're in this bad, horrible moment, right? Well, I remember specifically a time where I, my husband and I were having a conversation and I said, you know what? We are, and it was just kind of this enlightening moment that I had, despite everything going on around us and just this new life that we're living. And I, and I looked at him and I said, you know what? We are so lucky. There are, we're, we're going to be able to still pay our mortgages. We're going to be able to, we're not, it doesn't appear like we're going to lose our jobs. We are healthy. Our family is healthy. We're all doing what we're supposed to do to stay healthy. So all of these stresses that other people we're living with, we didn't necessarily have. And that's when it kind of brought home to me, really, really, truly brought home the idea of just how um, thankful uh, that I am for what we have. And that really brought living with gratitude and appreciation to the forefront for me. Um, and it, it has evolved into a daily practice, just like Oprah said, and Brene Brown about, you know, experiencing being aware of and living with appreciation. And I do that every day. I just, I, before I start my work day, there's three questions I ask myself. And one of them is, what are you grateful for? It can be small things, big things, anything, what are you grateful for today or, you know, yesterday? And what I love about that is that I've now done it long enough where I do see a cascading effect. And I think that's where it, where what Brene Brown is trying to go with the whole Mm -hmm. joy, right? You are living with it and experiencing it every day. And I find the cascading effect is that it helps me kind of stay away from sometimes those moments where I could just like, you know, where things are frustrating or I it could derail me from my focus or my mood. Having a daily practice of what I'm grateful for has really helped me kind of stay away from that. And um, and I love the idea of Brene and her living with joy, because I think joy, you know, we talk about happiness, you know, being happy, we're, we're Mm -hmm. trying to live towards the happy place, but Mm -hmm. I I don't think that that's necessarily where to be. It's, it's, it's in those moments of joy, which Mm -hmm. 
I think a practice of gratitude and appreciation helps you get to. Yeah. And you know, it's in a, it's in those everyday moments too. When you said happiness, it reminded me of Gretchen Rubin, Mm -hmm. happiness researcher. And in one of her podcast episodes, um, a little bit happier, I was listening to months ago, she and her sister have conversations and they were saying, um, one practice that they do is like, when you see something that, you know, kind of makes you smile or it just, you say delight, you know, a bird, I, I sit in my offices on our second floor and I, ha- I keep the window wide open. And if I see something outside, like a, a dog running and it makes me smile, I try to say out loud delight. Like yeah. that's a delightful moment. And it's a reminder to me mm-hmm. of the gratitude that I have for these little moments, for the little things, um, right. which add up to that, that big stuff. Right. It's, it's that it's like a snowball effect, right? The more that you begin to see these things and recognize it and make, and I love that. I love Gretchen Rubin and, and her podcast in making those, you're saying out loud, I am grateful, or that is really cool. I'm grateful for that. And I I love that idea because it is, I, I, you begin to notice those things more and more. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you realize in how full your life is and how much there is good stuff out there. Cause you know, sometimes, especially right now, like it can look kind of bleak it and, can. and, and, and I think that, yeah, when you are able to see the small and big things more and more consciously, I think it just puts you in a different place. It does. So it, it puts you in a different place, even, you know, there's science behind that. And you know, a little bit about that, right? Like the, what, it, what's it doing to our brain when we are experiencing gratitude? Yeah. So interesting um, because, so there is science that shows the impact of receiving gratitude. So on the receiving end mm-hmm. of it is literally, so the prefrontal cortex is the front lobe of your brain right here on the four back behind your forehead. Science, um, it has been proven that if you are the recipient of gratitude or appreciation, you get a serotonin boost right there. And that part of the brain is responsible for empathy, decision-making, impulse control, emotional regulation. So we're talking about the emotional intelligence center of your brain. Um, And it can even lower anxiety and depression. Um, So kind of on the flip side of being observant of things around you and the things that you're grateful for, the flip side of that is show appreciation and gratitude for those around you, whether it's your family or people that you work with, because there is science that shows the benefits mm-hmm. of, of receiving an act of appreciation. Yeah. It's, it makes you feel good. Like we've described and it yes. makes others feel good. So let's, mm-hmm. let's talk a bit about that um, appreciation from a professional standpoint. Um, how do we, experience and how do we show demonstrate gratitude in the workplace yeah so here lately maybe some listeners um have read up on this or have noticed that well-being in the workplace is now kind of a new thread line here and and i think that goes back to gratitude and appreciation in the workplace and 
And I think that showing appreciation at work really helps people feel seen, heard, value. It's creating the sense of belonging that is so important now in uh, workplace cultures. And it helps employees, I think, really see that they're having an impact and there is value in the work that they're doing. And um, there's a lot of research that shows that um, how important gratitude and appreciation and showing appreciation and having an, a recognition culture impacts performance. Um, there's a Gallup poll that says um, in, it, that it can increase profitability by as much as 21%. High recognition companies, those that have a recognition culture, have 31% lower voluntary turnover than companies with poor recognition culture. So look at this. Like we are like in a world, the great resignation is still happening. Employers are worried about retention, turnover. Here you go. Like here is a piece of that puzzle um, that you can um, inject into your team um, by yeah. just showing appreciation and gratitude. 93% of employees say they're more they're more motivated to do their best work when they feel valued. That's huge. You mentioned the um the great resignation, you know, this this mm-hmm. era we're in right now. And what we're finding is that people are leaving companies more than any other reason is for toxic cultures. Mm-hmm. And you know, this feeling of this feeling of belonging and um, appreciation, practices of recognition, all of that goes toward um, building a positive culture. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are leaving over salaries and benefits and all of that because of toxic cultures. Like you said, um, having an air of gratitude and recognition and appreciation and valuing and belonging, those are the those are the important pieces right now. Yeah. Recognition can go a long way. And I think that the recognition, if you're thinking, if you're on the other side of this and you're a manager or um, a senior leader, and you're looking at ways to implement this, I think the key here though, is that it's got to be authentic and weird. You've got to choose the right tactics. And you also have to understand how your team or individual employee may want to receive recognition because it's different for everybody. Some people may want the, um, the accolades and the positive or the, um, uh, they want everybody to know public attention, public, right. Public acknowledgement. That's what I was mm-hmm. looking for yeah. of their work. Some people don't want that. They are right. happy with just a, you know, something that's a little bit more under the radar. So there is a little bit of homework to do if you're thinking about kind of building this recognition into um, your teams. Um, you got to choose the right topics because it can be weird. I mean, I had a mm-hmm. I had a boss one time um, that would say every time I like the end of the day, I'd say, "Okay, bye, see you tomorrow." Oh, thank you for today, as if like I was a volunteer and I was showing up to do work. She had great intentions, but the receiving end of that was I just always thought that was a little strange. <laughs> yeah, in some of the um, corporate engagement work that I've done, we've asked team members to all fill out um, 
little information sheets about themselves and their personal preferences. Mm -hmm. And one of those areas of personal preference um, was around how do you like to be recognized? And so as a manager or leader, that's a great tool to use. And then when you are thinking about, um, you know, small tokens of appreciation, such as like, oh, I want to treat everyone to coffee. Well, does everyone like coffee? Or mm-hmm. what's your what's your Starbucks order? Things like that mm-hmm. where you get to know people's personal preferences. And so when you are showing gratitude as a manager or leader, you're doing it in a way that will be received as such um, by your team. Right, right. Excellent point. But yeah. do you think sometimes that it could border on kind of goes to the opposite end of the spectrum where there could be, we all know these people that are like always positive, super positive and right. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think, so when we say be grateful, you know, show gratitude, sometimes, especially when we think about the workplace, it's, I don't, what we're not saying is go in and just be be thankful you even have a paycheck or be, you know, be grateful you've got a job. Right. Yes. Be grateful you have a job, but this is not something that we're talking. We're not talking about toxic positivity. And this is another phrase that is fortunately coming to the surface right now mm-hmm. because yeah. we've heard a lot of the phrases like, um, you know, kind of shaming for a bad emotion or brushing things off. Like it, it is what it is when the reality is we're having a human experience here and you can acknowledge that it yeah. is, um, you know, I looked at the, the definition of toxic positivity because it is something that's being used more frequently now. Um, and it, it's, it happens when people believe that negative thoughts about anything should be avoided it's the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. Mm-hmm. And it can really lead to minimalizing and denying and invalidating real sure. human emotional experiences. And yeah. that's not healthy for your workplace either. We can't push everything under the rug and just say, well, be grateful or be happy, be thankful. Right. That's not, right. that's not true gratitude in the form that we're talking about here in order to find those good results. Yeah. And I wondered, uh, and I wonder in that vein though, do you think that some um, people may act that way because I mean, if you're express, expressing gratitude and appreciation, there's a vulnerability there. So mm-hmm. I wonder if it's because pe- some people don't feel um, that they can be vulnerable and maybe some women don't feel that they can be vulnerable in that way because they're, you know, oh, no, mm-hmm. I have to be um, this. Gotta be tougher. Yeah. You gotta be tougher. I can't show these softer skills or these softer side because that's not valued or I don't, because I'm a woman, I don't want to see, I don't want to seem, you know, I'm going to quote, you can't air quote like feminine, Mm-hmm. Um, qualities that may not be seen as beneficial in the workplace. So I wonder if that happens sometimes where, you know, people will go to the opposite end of the spectrum because of, of what they're afraid that they're communicating with. Yeah. Well, you know, the reality is um, 
what I will call human skills, not soft skills, mm-hmm. um, because they yes. are. Oh, I human love that. Skills. Like, yes. This is not yes. hard and soft, but these human skills really are the true advantage in the workplace right now. It is what leadership mm-hmm. is coming to. And yep. I would challenge you if you're feeling um, maybe like you can't exhibit some of these because you're worried about uh, reputation or losing power perception of power, um, do it anyway, because Mm -hmm. it is a superpower to be able to lead in the way of, um, and exhibiting those human skills of empathy and gratitude, um, appreciation, thankfulness, all of that, that will go miles with Mm -hmm. teams if it done in an authentic way, like you described. So here's where we're going to introduce our uh, podcast guest for today, Sally Schott. She's going to really give us um, some more insight into gratitude and showing appreciation in the workplace. And Sally Schott founded SOAR 15 years ago with over 25 years of experience in creating and leading successful peer-to-peer learning environments for senior leaders across multiple industries and disciplines for many Fortune 500 companies. Her career experiences have given her the opportunity to focus on what she is most passionate about, assisting women to accelerate their professional careers. And as CEO, Sally guides the overall strategic vision of SOAR and drives client partnerships. Welcome, Sally. We're so excited that you're here on the Women Who Work podcast. Thank you very much, Stephanie. I am really delighted to be here with you today. Well, you are really where all of this starts. Um, You founded SOAR and run it daily um, as the CEO. So, you know, I'm really curious after a full and successful career, why did you create this company? Well, um, you know, sometimes we need challenges, especially me. I've learned that about myself. So I came from a place, uh, you know, about 45, 50 years ago, I'll even admit it now, that I was the only, I was always the only female in meetings. I was always the only female traveling uh, with my male counterparts. And so through various different careers, um, being a protocol liaison, being a business owner with another company, uh, working at Dow as a junior executive, I was always the only one, including uh, a seven-year stint as an administrator at a college uh, working for the president. And so I was coming at a point in my career that I needed to make an adjustment. Uh, actually, I was even thinking about retirement. I laugh about that now. But one of my mentors, uh, who is a former governor, um, I was sitting with her one day in her office and she just looked me straight in the eye and she said, well, shot, what are you going to do to help women? And that set me on the path uh, 17, 18 years ago um, that I've traveled to get to the point where I am today. And so really that challenge um, showed me also that that was my passion to help women. I wanted to make sure women had every opportunity for advancement, for growth, for personal and professional success, um, but hopefully didn't have to pull as many arrows out of their backs as I did. And so that is why I started uh, SOAR. It is the legacy, 
hopefully, that I give to women in the workplace to help them um, grow and become the leaders that um, they want to be and that their companies need. Clearly, you're up for a good challenge and have been kind of knocking down doors and walls everywhere you go. What would you say is your professional superpower? Relationship building. I find that, and I hear this, this is echoed by other uh, successful women. Um, you know, you have to have excellent relationships. Um, they need to be old. They need to be young relationships that you continue to develop. Um, but it's absolutely necessary if you're going to establish trust in an organization with your teams, if you're going to establish um, trust, I have to establish trust with the companies I work with. Um, and the foundation to that is building and nurturing relationships. So I think that that is probably uh, my superpower. And I laugh because um, I'm just a social person. So for me, it's not difficult. But when I do talk about relationships, it's not the networking component as much as it is understanding what other people need and how I can help them. And then making sure that I listen to what their needs are. Um, and then, of course, there's always a likability factor, too. So I just love I love talking to people and being around people. Yes. Yeah. I um, well, that certainly comes through. And like you said, for some of us, that's very natural. And for some of us, that is mm -hmm. something to really work on and be intentional about. Um, but it it is a great strength for any role you can play. <laughs> Certainly. Um, so let's talk about gratitude. Kind of what's your experience with gratitude and how it plays out for us? Sure. Well, you know, this is interesting because some people really, I I, I sometimes think people think of this as a soft skill. Um, and um, I think sometimes it helps us to understand that there's more than just um, I do this because uh, I need to do it. Um, we have been doing a lot of work with our, uh, different cohorts, um, which are all women or minority peer groups. And one of the things that we have found, especially with the women, which is where I spend most of my time, um, is that in the world that we live in the post COVID world, um, there are a lot of things that still haven't changed. We have found over the last three years that women are overwhelmed um, positions are not backfilled. So then they end up doing two jobs. Um, they have a tremendous amount of stress between their responsibilities at home and work. And we really need to um, focus and talk to them about how to, to be resilient because that is going to be a key trait that we're all going to have to be able to uh, have and also continue to develop. And resilience, so that is. Yes, resilience. So when we talk about resilience, it's well, how do we how do we acquire that, right? And one of the ways that we do it is through gratitude. So when we express gratitude, actually our brain will release dopamine and serotonin. What that means is those are the two crucial neurotransmitters that are responsible for our emotions. And those are the things that make us feel good. And they enhance our mood immediately. 
and they make us feeling happy from the inside. So that is easily transferable, obviously, to the workplace when you think about how do I keep my employees resilient? How do I keep them motivated? And how do I keep them feeling um, happy and that they're doing their best work? Um, so it is more than, it is science. It's just not a soft skill. Recent, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of research right now um, as far as, you know, the, the whole piece around workplace and what's changing for um, uh, people in the workplace. And the latest survey from the American Psychological Association um, shows that 93% of employees say they're motivated to do their best work when they feel valued. Um, and how do we make them feel valued? we extend mm -hmm. gratitude, right? Yeah. So that's interesting. You know, you say like, um, you know, we want to make sure they feel happy. What about those managers who are out there saying, you know, I can't be responsible for someone else's happiness. Like I've got enough on my plate. Why, <laughs> why do you, what's your response to, to, you know, good leaders who are kind of like, I, Really, I have to do add this in. Why? Why should they? So um, I think that you know when we look at our roles that we have in the organization, you know, and let's talk about that team member that you're talking about. That it's really like, why do I have to do this? I'm just trying to struggle. I have no more energy to give. Um, actually, when um, gratitude, practicing gratitude, gives us energy. It goes back to the dopamine and the serotonin piece again. And so doing small things, um, and we can talk about, you know, what are those small things? And how do we mm -hmm. practice gratitude? That's going to make a difference in that individual, which then is going to make a difference in the way the team responds. And we talk about in SOAR about how are you impactful? Because that really, when the day is over, is what it's all about. How am I being impactful uh, in my career? Uh, and with my team, my function area, my boss, and the company. So how am I impactful? And when I can be um, a, a employee who is getting thoughtful recognition, who is being listened to, who is thanked, that's going to make a difference. And that's going to help their stress level and begin to switch their mindset. Yeah, it certainly impacts culture. It impacts retention. I mean, there are links between um, the feeling of being valued um, and retention and, yeah. and belonging. I mean, that and that links into the diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts of companies too. So when you talk about impact, um, it almost seems like a simple mama always told you to you to be grateful um act that really can have a big impact in the workplace well you know it, to me it's crazy when you look at as i said you know they're looking at a lot of this um there's doing a lot of research in this area right now and it's crazy when um 44 of employees feel that they have not received recognition you know all you have to do is a simple thank you walk up to somebody eye to eye and say, thank you for the work that you've done today. Thank you for being here and being present. I really appreciate it. Um, and, you know, companies that manage to uh, 
um, have this high recognition are their their turnover rate is 31% lower than other companies with poor recognition cultures. So, you know, it doesn't take money. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it, ha it has a profound impact on the company. And, you know, today everybody is watching very carefully uh, and really focusing on trying to retain their employees. And this is such a simple, <laughs> a simple way to do it, right? That mm -hmm. uh, can impact the positive line in a, in a really big way. What are some ways that we can practice? I mean, you just mentioned here some simple recognition that you could do in the workplace, but sometimes, like you said, soft skills like gratitude feel a little challenging to execute when we think about the professional setting. So what are some ways that maybe let's focus in on leaders right now? So leaders and managers, how can they demonstrate gratitude at work? Sure. So um, I think everyone accepts a thank, a thank you. Um, I love what um, I've seen some of our wise women say that they do, which is they will write a thank you note maybe to the individual and just put it on their desk or send them uh, what I like to do. Believe it or not, it's kind of hokey. But, um, you know, I grew up in the world where you wrote thank you notes by hand on um, monogram stationery. Right. I still say that it separates the wheat from the shaft, um, the shaft. Um, so what I will do is I will literally write a thank you note with my pen on my stationery, I will scan it and put it as an attachment to someone that maybe I'm working with virtually or never even met, or we're not even the same geographic place in the world to send them the thank you note. I have received so many comments about, whoa, that was really interesting because you know what? I didn't sit at the keyboard and just type away. I took the time and I wrote with my, you know, with my pen, a thank you note. So that's, you know, easy, easy to do. Um, another thing is, and I love this as far as thank you notes, send one home to somebody and thank the family if they happen to have a family. Um, thanking the family for understanding um, the time that the particular individual, the team member has to be at work and is not at home. Um, Oh, I like so, that one for like yeah. big event times or, you know, big yes. deadlines where, you know, people are putting in extra hours even after they go home. And that's a yeah. sacrifice for everyone. The sacrifice for everyone. And there's an acknowledgement there then that the leader understands it's more than just about the person being at work. There's a an impact that affects those people at home. Um, and part of that is this thank you piece is we talk about something in store called lollipop moments. And these are so few of us really stop to thank people who have had a profound effect of us, uh, a profound effect on us in our lives. It could be something that happened last week. It could be something that happened five years ago, 10 years ago. But to go back and thank those people and say, I want you to know you made a difference in my life. Um, you made a difference on the team with the work that you did. I just was, you know, I was just thinking of you and wanted to let you know how important that was. So, you know, that's part of the everyday leader piece. You know, we are all leaders. We're leaders in all different parts of our lives. A lot of times we don't think that we're leaders at work because we don't have positional power, but that's not true. We can always lead from the bench. Um, but lollipop moments, I think, um, just uh, allow us to express 
um, gratitude to others. So um, I think that's really important. Um, and the other thing is, and, you know, Stephanie, you and I were talking about this before, is that, you know, when you can um, express gratitude uh, and thank everybody on a team for the hard work or acknowledge that they're doing the hard work or um, what what you do is you can sh- change the perception of one or more individuals on the team. So what I mean by that is once you have this feel good, you can shift the perception from I don't know how we're going to get this work done. That crazy boss. Oh my gosh. What, what did they do? They gave us all this work. We got a deadline that we can't get it done in that amount of time. How is this going to happen? And everybody starts going down that rabbit hole um, to be able to say, wait a minute. I want you all to know how I appreciate you. We will get through this. Let's talk about how we can do this. And I want you all to know how important you are to the team and do that recognition publicly. I think that, um, you can, um, that will, that can change. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to make a radical change and everybody is, you know, hopping up and down going, this is the greatest thing in the world, but it is going to change the perception a little to go from the negative, maybe swing a little bit toward the positive. Sure. Yeah. You'll always have those skeptics who are tougher to, um, to change over, but especially when you've got kind of a frustrated or negative um, culture, maybe the team is tired and you're right that those moments of gratitude and, you know, it really takes some humbleness. It takes some humanity as a leader to, to stop and, and demonstrate that gratitude, but that can shift that negative into a, at least neutral going to positive culture for the team so that then the team can operate more effectively. Yes, I totally agree with that. And, you know, when you look at that stat about, you know, almost half of the companies, um, the individuals are not receiving thoughtful recognition. I think another way of doing that is I'm going to go back to this relationship piece here again that you mentioned earlier, we talked about, mm-hmm. um, you know, Listening is a critical skill for leaders. I think it becomes even more so as there's so much chaos, ambiguity, and volatility in the business world today. And so I think if a leader can find a moment um, to uh, either physically or um, verbally connect with that person one-on-one, right? So doing public recognition is great in front of other people, but I think it's also important to understand where somebody's coming from and being able to listen to what their concerns might be or, you know, um, and that's gratitude. When you give the time individually to someone to listen to them, that is a way that you're showing, I'm really grateful for you. I appreciate your time, your sacrifices, your ideas. Um, so I don't want to forget that um, as how important that is to 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 build that time in somehow for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hear people all the time say, oh, my gosh, I go to meetings from eight in the morning until five in the afternoon. I can't even take a restroom break. I'm just meeting, meeting, meeting after meeting. Well, then you start to need to think about maybe how you need to change some of your um, uh, practices to be able to find that time doesn't have to be a lot, but um, to find that time to be able to 
give some of your time to that other person. Yeah. I mean, certainly you are of the busiest uh, senior leaders in a company. And so you understand how it easy it could be to be a victim to your calendar, to the, your agenda. Yeah. And you have to carve out that time because I, I like what you said about, you know, giving, giving the gift of time to a team member one-on-one, it tells them you matter and, and they can think in their head, I'm, I'm valued enough that this very busy leader here sat down with me to talk with me about what I need to make this job um, better or, you know, what I am doing they they want to know about me and that yes. tells me i am valued here and that's yes. important it's very important and that you know that's that's the whole point right that um you want them to feel valued um and that goes back to that piece you mentioned about belonging um one of our facilitators sent uh a report the other day that said, I think it was 2019, the last employee engagement that this particular research company um, has the data on, the number one reason the uh, employees um, were most engaged when they felt that they were doing work that was valued. Well, that's still the case, but there's another piece that's starting to show up and this research showed that there's a little bit of a shift over to um, I feel I am most engaged in my company when I feel like I belong. Mm. And so that, again, it's the responsibility of the leader to be able to lead inclusively where they make that those individuals feel like they belong. And again, by just telling, thanking them, recognizing their work, understanding what their, you know, their um, the rea- their reality is, um, and then practicing gratitude, then they know they belong there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so what what you're showing for us is that there's this very clear link between recognition and gratitude, um, especially when we think about the workplace setting, and. Um, that makes it a little easier for us to say, okay, well, here's how I practice this here. How yeah, can I practice I say, recognition? Yeah. And I would say appreciation, right? You appreciate those people. Mm-hmm. Genuine. I think that's, <laughs> yes, yes. Right. So if I can sidestep here for a minute, if that's okay. Um so the listeners are going, well, this is all great. And I think this is wonderful. And I'm going to do, go do this. But I've really got a problem with myself here. Because how am I going to do this? How am I even going to be thinking about this? And how am I thanking these people? So really, what the leader has to do is also lead themselves, right? Self-leadership. And so they have to learn how they practice gratitude that then can filter into the practices that they um, operate under at the workplace. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that um, there's different things that you can do. Um, one of them is, um, and well, this is a story. So <laughs> my daughter um, has her in-laws that uh, live close by, same town, you know, 15 minutes away. 
Well, certainly during, and she has young children. So going through COVID and now coming out of COVID, they're now five and nine, seven and nine years old. And um, they have been, they kind of kept the wheels on the bus um, during COVID and then also coming out of COVID. And, you know, they can be depended on for, you know, school shuttling and other kinds of stuff. And so what my daughter did was, as a way to show gratitude, they, um, every Monday night, she cooks a very, very nice dinner that they all sit down to together after the mother-in-law brings back the youngest son um, that she picks up from um, after school activities. And they all sit down and have a nice dinner. And that's the way she shows her gratitude by taking the time to fix a meal where they can all be together. And certainly um, the in-laws appreciate it because they're not as good at cooks as my daughter is. Uh, <laughs> but that's the way that we show gratitude, right? And so I think what we have to do is find out what are those things in life that we love, that we enjoy doing, and then give us permission and the grace to do them. Um, carve out that time, like you mentioned earlier, to do it. Uh, another is um, somebody that I admire very much. Uh, he's a UPS pilot, and now he is a senior executive at UPS. And um, he practices the gratitude journal. Now, I'm not a writer, um, but I can do bullet points. And so each day, what I do when I get up is I write three things that I'm grateful for. Let me tell you, that can shift your mindset. And it could be that I walk outside and I feel the warmth of the sun. It could be that I love that coffee that I smell brewing. Um, it's focusing on the present and being very mindful of that and appreciating it. And then, you know, I'll jot down my three little bullet points for the day. Um, you know, it, so it could be anything. It could be, you know, we talk about past, present and future um, gratitude. Some people like to say, uh, today, I'm thankful for what happened in the past. Name it. Something I'm grateful for today. Name it. And something I'm going to be grateful for, what I'm grateful for that is going to happen in the future. Like I'm taking a trip um, next month and I can afford to do it or, you know, whatever it is. But, mm -hmm. you know, those are a couple of different ways to look at um, doing a, a journal or at least being mindful and taking a moment, meditate. Some people like to meditate. Um, and think about what it is for you. And then you can, and then that kind of can be a pathway um, to what you're doing at work. Does that make sense? It does. It, it, and like you started it with, it's it's self-leadership. So um, it really is focusing on the how. How do we show up as grateful leaders? And then how do we demonstrate gratitude with our teams? But it starts, it starts internally. It starts with you yourself. Yes. One other thing with both of those examples you gave, um, that, that I really appreciate is it shows a habit building. Um, I guess all of the examples. <laughs> so I think habit building is really, really important. So you mentioned your daughter, it's a weekly, it's a Monday night meal like that. You know, maybe that changes at certain times because life is insane, but you know, 
generally you can count on a Monday evening. This is when I'm showing my gratitude by making the meal. You wake up every day and write three, three, three things. Um, when you were talking earlier about recognizing lollipop moments or writing a handwritten letter, one way you could make sure that you're holding yourself accountable to that is set a, you know, whatever time of day, like maybe a Friday morning reminder, 9am, I'm going to write a letter to someone, whether it's a lollipop moment or a person on my team, I'm going to do a handwritten letter every Friday morning at nine. And you set, you set some accountability in there so that you can form this habit of um, gratitude. Stephanie, I love that. You know, that goes to, um, yeah. And you know what? Put it on the calendar. I talk, I work with a lot of people who say, send me a, a calendar invite. Nothing gets done unless I look and see that it's on my calendar or, you know, working on a workflow um, with deadlines and, you know, I'll get it done if, if I see that there's um, a deadline date out there. So I think that that is critically important. And going back to the habit piece, you know, um, there, um, there is a book that I love and I know I've probably told you the title before atomic habits love this book james cleary um but what he what it goes beyond just the habits it goes to where this becomes a ritual and so a ritual is you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth right you don't even think about it you just do it because that's what you do um and so when you can take a habit like doing it once a week, like the Monday night, that dinner, that's a ritual. And then you, it's almost like you're not thinking about it anymore. It's involuntary. It's like, that's what you do. Like I have a ritual. It's on the personal, you know, health side, but every morning I get up and I get on the treadmill first thing. I don't even think about it anymore. I wake up. That's what I go do. And then I go brush my teeth. But, um, so yes, um, creating that ritual. And what that means is you may have to think a little bit about what it is that you are going to be able to do um, to create those moments of gratitude. And that'll take a little bit of time and thinking, yeah. right? A little trial and error, but you, as long as you're prioritizing it, then you get to a point where you find how you can turn that habit into the that ritual. Yeah. And, you know, as I was thinking about this in our talk today, I, I think a key piece of this is that, you know, I had the uh, gratitude is very important to me on the AIA character assessment. That's my number one characteristic. And when I saw that, I had to think about why. And I have been very blessed. I've been able to live overseas. I travel a lot. I have the availability to travel. Um, I had um, uh, a father that was German. I got to see different cultures. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to go to college, but my world is pretty large and I was able to expand it. And when I live in a third world country and see the way others live, and understand what I have, there is a natural gratitude that takes place, let me tell you. Um, and I think that that was one of the foundations for why I am so grateful. And so, you know, I encourage people to, you know, step out of their comfort zone and gain some experiences that maybe they wouldn't do otherwise 
to see that there's broader perspectives out there that can certainly help them. So Sally, as we wrap up, uh, what do you think women should be carrying around in their tote bag today? Uh, I think they should be carrying around an alarm clock. Say more about that. I have to look at my day in a structured way. Our 111, tick, 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 I'm doing X. The alarm goes off and it's time to move to the next thing, tick, tick, tick. Now, I'm not saying you segregate your day into, you know, 18 waking hours by the clock. But what I mean is to be aware that you have to find time in your day each day to manage your energy. I think it is one of the very biggest issues that women face in the workplace. They're exhausted. They have so many demands on them. And I think that we as women need to find time for ourselves. So if, and you can't like work all day long and then say, okay, I got 30 minutes. Now I'm going to like, I'm going to renew my energy and, um, and then I'm going to launch off and do some more. And then tomorrow I'll get to, I'll, I'll start again. And then at five o'clock for half an hour, I'm going to renew my energy. It doesn't work that way. You've got to build your energy throughout the day. So maybe there's an alarm that goes off certain times a day. That's like, okay, I have to stop. I have to work on my energy and my resilience. Do I go walk outside the building? Do I go make a a cup of yummy tea? Do I drink some water? Do I go stand by the window and get some sun? But we as women need to find the time and be reminded that we have to do that because if we don't do that and are we, and if we don't work on our resilience and energy we are not going to we we're not going to make it at the same pace that we're going yeah i like that one the alarm clock reminds us you know each each moment matters and um yes. re- refill yourself during some of those moments always and if you have to set the alarm to make yourself um go practice some energy management or to go thank somebody, which now is going to make you feel better and give you energy. Mm -hmm. Other that's what you need to do. So I absolutely loved what Sally's um, item in her tote bag was, was the alarm clock, which she totally went in another direction. Right. (laughs) That I was thinking, but I still love what she had to say, because what it is, is about making time for yourself and recognize what your needs are. And you know what? That's just self-gratitude. So make time for your, yeah. So make time for yourself, make yourself a priority for 10, 15 minutes a day. Yeah. You know, especially right now, again, I'm going to ground us in where we are in this calendar year. It's about to be crazy. If it's not already for you, Mm -hmm. it's about to be crazy and give yourself 15 minutes to regain your energy throughout the day. That is practicing gratitude for yourself. It will also help you to practice gratitude for others when you're out in the real world um, because you have the energy to do so. So one thing to try. Write a letter to one person who you feel appreciation for. Now, this could be in your professional life or your personal life. It doesn't matter. And get bonus points if it's handwritten. Yes. I love that Sally brought that up. It's, it is a true bonus, right? 
Absolutely. Think about when you get a letter in the mail or a, especially a handwritten note or card, you know, that go that really means something special because one, I don't think people do it anymore. And so the fact when people took the time to, to write the letter, think about you and how, whatever they're thanking you for, stamp it, put it in the mail. It's just, I think it goes so far. Yes. All right, Stephanie. So it's time for what you got in that bag. All right. So what I have in my bag this month is a go-to gift. Uh-huh. I'm thinking like, let's say you love to make jam and you know, maybe you're someone who is crafty in the kitchen. And so you make jam and you put them in jars and you have a little ribbon around it. Like you have a go-to gift. So when you are thanking a neighbor for something or you're distributing teacher gifts or something for your colleagues, you've got this go-to thing. It might be a hand lotion that is your favorite Um or just whatever it is you have in your back pocket. Maybe it's a cookie recipe. There's something that you distinctly do every year or enjoy giving or get great feedback when you do gift it. Um, it, These can be small things. These can be very personalized things, but decide once in the spirit of the lazy genius, decide once what is your go-to gift, have it in your back pocket and use that throughout the season to really simplify your gift giving. Oh, I love it. Simplify gift giving. We should have a podcast just on that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. It gets crazy this time of year. And so just go ahead and have your, have your item. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today to talk about gratitude. Be a part of this continued conversation and connect with us on Instagram at Soar Lead. Also, show some appreciation for this podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review and share this podcast with your own work BFF. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next time for another Women Who Work conversation. Mm -hmm.